Welcome to Peacekeepers Podcast. My name is Joe. My name is Omar. And we're so grateful that you guys joined us today. Uh, today is actually our first episode ever of Peacekeepers Podcast. Omar, isn't that pretty freaking dope that we're starting a podcast? I think it's pretty tight, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm so stoked. We have been waiting so long for this day. Uh, we've been talking about it. We've been discussing it. Um, and we're super excited really to share just our hearts with you guys. And so um, we thought it would be really cool to open up the first episode with Omar sharing his story a little bit about where he comes from and his background and then also um, what his life looks a little bit like now. Um, we don't want to share all the nitty gritty uh, up front because we want to keep you guys wanting more. So um, we're really excited for what uh, he has to say. And then as well, we're going to jump right into our first topic, um, which we're going to touch a little bit today on like vulnerability, what that looks like in a Christian aspect or community. And then also too, it can apply to non-Christians as well. So we welcome all of our listeners from all over the globe. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. So Omar, why don't you kick us off with a little bit of your story? Okay, so I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I've been here in Orange County probably the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, I started training in martial arts at four years old. Wow. Yeah, and I uh, I guess you could say I didn't really get into fighting. My, my story, I come from a fighting background, so I didn't really get mm -hmm. into fighting until I was about maybe 19, 19 years old, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I was influenced by a friend of mine who I kind of saw fight in Vegas. Yeah. And he was kind of more of an inspiration for me to fight mainly because I wanted the fame and the glory because mm -hmm. he was an amazing fighter. I mean, he got his black belt out of a gym that we, my dad started Yeah, and it kind of started from there. Um, started training with him, started doing a lot of things. I was also, I was also raised up. Um, I wasn't really raised up Christian, but I, I became a Christian at nine years old. Mm -hmm. And then like, did you grow up going to church and stuff like that? Well, I, I did it. I actually, I was, I was nine years old when I went to Calvary Chapel and I was telling my parents that I heard weird things from the church. So my parents <laughs> were like, I better check it out. So yeah. they went and they loved it and they gave their lives over to the Lord. But, um, at that time I was just kind of like an adolescent. I just was kind of figuring out like what life was like as the oldest child and growing up. So fast forward back where I'm back, I'm like 20, 20 something years old. And you know, wait, I, how old are you now? Wait, wait, do you mind me asking? No, I'm grown old now. So I'm a grown old man. <laughs> 29, 29, 29, turning okay. 30 this year. So nice. Well, yeah. I'm a happy almost birthday. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. It's like 10 months from now, but all right. Um, <laughs> hey, you know how it goes, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, I was actually starting to do uh kickboxing. I was also in, in the, like just doing a lot of stupid things, you know, after mm -hmm. I graduated high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Wanted to be a cop. Did you, did you start like going into college or you just kind of were figuring mm -hmm. stuff out? No, I was kind of figuring things out. I mean, so I went to, funny story, I went to college for like never. <laughs> I, I signed up and then I took, I thought it was like high school. So you buy six, you pay for six classes and then you go to class. But six classes is a lot apparently and I didn't know that. Six classes is like 18 units, bro. It's yeah. full time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, th I didn't no one taught me about college, so no. I, didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, so after I did that, uh, I realized I was like, eh, college is not really for me. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I started just looking, working small jobs. I never really kept a job. I've worked a lot of jobs. After time, I was in a hardcore band when I was 
uh, at a wow. church when I was younger. Were you doing um, screamo? I was doing hardcore, bro. Not even screamo. I wasn't even a good like you couldn't even player. understand it. No, you can't even. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, you can. No, but, yeah, you unless can. I had the words on the screen. Yeah, and, the lyrics. But um, yeah, other than that, I, I was doing that for a while, and then I dropped out of the band and just kept hanging out with my buddy Victor. I was training with them, and we started going mm. to this gym called CSW. Was training with them, but I wasn't really like a like my buddy Victor was like always going, always there, always going and practice. He was there on time. He'd always pick me up. I'd still be sleeping in, you know. And he'd be like, "Bro, it's ten o'clock. Where? Why are you not up?" Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he had a lot of discipline, but as for me, I didn't. And mm-hmm. training, training, training. I had a few. I had a, my first fight. I think it was in 2015, 2014. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I got a dog at the time. And oh, yeah. I, yeah, I got my, my, well, the, the dog, right? the, the dog is like the only dog I've ever had. I mean, I had other <laughs> dogs before him, but, but this was your dog. This was the dog. This was the dog. And, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I ended up, uh, getting a commercial with him through a friend and it was all awesome. Oh, yeah. Everything was cool. It was like, I was, I was fighting. I was doing, it was like the dream, you know, I was living yeah. at home, but realistically I wasn't really being the ideal son. I wasn't really working. Mm. Um, I was kind of lazy and I was working, I was doing Uber. So I was doing all that. Yeah. And then you fast forward a little bit, a few, few years later, I'm still kind of doing the same nonsense. My parents split up. They split the house. They ended up selling the house. Uh, my friend Justin helped me get a job with him uh, in Washington. Mm-hmm. And I was working with him for like two two weeks. And I came back home and had to figure out what I was going to do. And this was like the first time I, I was either choosing living with my pops or sleeping in a car. And I chose to sleep, live with my dad's because I didn't really know what living in your car was like. Mm-hmm. And I stayed at my dad's for a little bit. And then I ended up going back to my car because I was just rebellious. And I was like, no, I don't want I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like 20. I mean, sounds stupid, but I was like 25, 26, thinking like an 18-year-old. Yeah. You know, and uh, no one really showed me or guided me down that path. After that, I kept fighting, kept training. I, uh, my buddy Victor was telling me that we were training, going to start training with uh, Barnett, Josh mm-hmm. Barnett. So we were training with him. Um, Victor still trains with him, still fights. He's still doing great. Um, so we were, it was just him, me, uh, two other, uh, two other. actually it was like four other friends, and we train in, in mm. L.A. So we drive over there back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And then we went from there, I would say around 2016, 2017, we started training at UFC La Mirada. And during that time, I was still trying, like, even to this day, like, I was still trying to figure out who I am, you know? Mm. But at that time, I had no idea. I thought I wanted to fight, but I really wasn't being dedicated or disciplined enough to show up to practice on time or do my yeah. thing. So um, it was just kind of in and out a lot? Yeah, I was like, I was I was really, like, what they call, like, you're just not, you're not disciplined. Mm. You didn't show up to practice. When you show up to practice, you're sleeping. And, um, I mean, not sleeping, but you're sleeping in. And yeah. you're just, you're late. I used to drink booze. I'd get drunk at night. I'd go to try to show off to some girls at a bar and the next day I'd be drunk. I thought it was cool to come to class, like practice hungover. Yeah. And it was just, it just wasn't really ideal. So mm. um, I was doing that for a while. didn't really have any fights. I had about, I think I want to say seven fights. Mm. So I'm four and three, not really a great record, but it's amateur. And after that, that's when this entire heart incident happened. So, uh, I was at an yeah. ex, I was at an ex house, ex's house and um, in the middle of the night I ended up like coughing up blood. Actually, let's back up. I was working at UFC gym and mm. I got let go from that job. And three days before that, I got hired at Amazon. So I was like, oh, oh yeah. sweet, perfect. Yeah. And I was a graveyard shift. If I would have been asleep that day, I'd be dead today. 
So after the heart incident, I was coughing up blood and went to the hospital. And the doctor mm-hmm. was like, can't that do anything. That same night you went to the hospital. That same night, yeah. Well, it was like five o'clock in the morning. But, but yeah. Um, I went to the hospital and the doctor was like, well, can't do anything for you, bud. You got, uh, you need heart surgery and you have no insurance. And he walks out the room. So I'm crying. I started bawling. I called my dad because I had no idea what to do. So I called my dad. My dad showed up. My dad's crying. I'm crying. And I'm crying because my dad's crying. Now I think I'm going to die. And, you know, I'm in Orange County. And I'm like, dude, what's going to happen? Like All these dreams and aspirations just go right out the door. Yeah. And Everything you thought you were building towards. Well, I really didn't even know what I was building towards. It was just like I was just shooting But you thought you were building. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And uh, I ended up going from that to, uh, we got transferred to Lakewood Regional. Lakewood Regional, they didn't do crap for me, so. It was a hospital, right? Yeah, Lakewood Regional was a hospital. And uh, went home, and the next day, called my cousin, Michael, boom, shot over to Placentia, picked me up. We drove all the way to uh, Cedar sinai that's where I had the surgery. There's a lot of things that I was seeing, a lot of things that I was like, to this day, the doctors would say it was like delirium, that was just losing my mind, but many people there would attest that they witnessed things as well mm-hmm. and not only that but it was funny because i was there and i was like oh you know demi lovato's here what's up that's just what i was thinking at the time because you were just a- <laughs> i was just i was because she was in the hospital too i think it was from a, like a drug od or something oh, wow. but she was in the hospital at the same time and uh yeah it was just it was really just thought insane. It was tight. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was so you tired. So I was cool, like, bro, dude. what's up? But that's pretty much what happened. And then after the surgery, the the you know growing as a human being, I realized like, did I actually was I even anything? Was I even a fighter? Who am I as a person? I remember waking up in the hospital bed, looking at my pictures, and I was like, I told my dad, take those pictures down. I don't even know who that is. Like that's not me, you know. And mm. I was just really upset, really angry because i felt like my life was over i thought it was just going to be a lazy slob at home taking pills for the rest of my life i thought yeah. i was nothing you know well and going through heart surgery is a really big trauma yeah it changes I mean, everything i mean there's a, there's a lot of traumas i accumulated over the years but yeah. um, i guess most of them were self-induced like they were just yeah. i put it on myself but um you know i think being you know being homeless for five years before the surgery didn't help and then trying to figure out where I was going to, like, I mean, you know, my coach kicked me off the team, but I really wasn't even part of the team because I would never even show up, you know? So all these different things would like, I mean, I I never showed up because I was also working and put food on the table for me and my dog and then to live somewhere, you know, and then living in a toy store and it's just all the different things that happened. Like Mm. it was just, wasn't something I can easily say, yeah, you know, I had an easy, you know, twenties, twenties were crap for me, dude. (laughs) Yeah. But that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, because you, you mentioned like at one point in your story that you had the choice to like live with your dad mm-hmm. or um, like live in your car. So mm-hmm. you mentioned you were homeless for five years. So what what did that – I mean, you don't have to go detail obviously, but mm-hmm. like what was that like for you thinking like I'm going to be this big fighter and you thought you were building this life for yourself and then you found yourself just living in your car? Like how did you – now where you're at, how did you kind of like – come to terms with that like you know you know what i'm trying to say I, I think i get what you're saying but when you're in it you don't think you're ever gonna be this because you look at conor mcgregor's story right mm-hmm. it's the rock typical rocky story i started at the bottom now i'm here there's a rap song about it right yeah and it's like that's the that's the that's the idea behind any story is that there's has to be a rise 
no one just talks about the slums the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. So growing up, I never thought I would be a fighter. I never thought I would. I thought I would be a cop. I used to watch Rush Hour 2 and I thought Jackie Chan was a stunt. <laughs> yeah. Then I wanted to actually, it's a side, oh, side I note, movie. I actually wanted to be a stunt, uh, like a... Stunt devil. An, uh, no, right. like a, like a, um, stunt, like a, what was that, stunt? Stunt actor? It's, it's actor called stunt devil, yeah. Stunt, stunt double. Stunt double, yes. Not devil. Devil. Oh, oh man. We don't bring him into this conversation. <laughs> Get, Get out of here. <laughs> anyway. Get him so, out of here. So, yeah, I used to, uh, I, I used to want to do stunt that. Stunt double. Yeah, Jeez, stunt I can't double. believe I messed that up. I oh, messed it up, too. Gosh. I said stunt actor. Who says that? <laughs> you said stunt actor. But, um, but yeah, so, so, I, that's something I wanted to do. And then, uh. Um, That'd be tight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think, um. Yeah, I never thought I had no idea when I turned when I graduated high school. They're like, "Congratulations, you graduated high school!" And I was like, "All right, life." You're like, "Now what?" I didn't know what to do, and um, yeah, so that's pretty much how how I ended up that situation about my dad and the house and living situation. I chose not to. I chose not to stay there just because I didn't really like the living situation, and yeah. I wanted my dog back. I want. I wanted life back. You know, mm-hmm. like my dog, I associated it with with family. I associated that like as a as a household, mm. and because of that, I chose to live in my car because if I can live in the car, I can have my dog with me in the car. Does yeah. that make sense? And yeah. I mean, it wasn't fair to my dog by any means, but he was there for me, so I, I was doing the best I can yeah. to take care of him. I wasn't always homeless. I would say I hustled, hustled, saved money, and that's that's the idea behind a fighter. You hustle. You're early, up early as any athlete. You're up early, grinding, 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 and then all for the show right yeah and then you go back to the drawing board you grind 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 you know no laziness no this no that yeah so that's that's the logic behind you never think you never i mean yeah it's it's something that hangs in your head but you try to not think of it because right. it's negativity does yeah. that make sense yeah so. for sure no that makes sense that makes a lot of sense and i think um part of your story and part of your uh like journey like as we talk more and mm-hmm. as we became closer, I think it's really cool how like you've discussed like vulnerability and how like being authentic. I think through this process, you learn how to really come to understand who you really are. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're all still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like would you be open to talking more? That's part of one of the topics we wanted to discuss today um, was just like, you know, what has it been like for you to really kind of you look in the the pictures in the in the hospital room and you say i don't even know who that is like who is that guy that's throwing kicks throwing punches and you don't really recognize him so um, maybe can you just talk a few minutes about that and if we don't have enough time we could pick up next week just like yeah how's that journey of authenticity been for you um well it's been difficult because um you know not that we didn't touch on it but yeah um you know being a christian i realized that some Christians are Christian by religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like you associate Christ by, I go to church on Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. but I live like hell Monday through Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I used to live that life. And mm-hmm. then I walked away from the church because I was like, well, everyone in the church is mm-hmm. hypocrites and they act like freaking thieves. Mm-hmm. Why well, hang out with them? You know, yeah. I was always raised up by the people around that you surround yourself with would talk a lot about your own character. And um, I started realizing, like, you know, after after surgery, I had many hours by myself trying to figure out who I was, you know, as yeah. a person and trying to be authentic with my own little brother. I remember asking him one time we were driving home 
And I asked him, I looked at him straight in the face and I was like, dude, you don't struggle with nothing? Like, besides training and trying to be the best in the world, like, you don't struggle with porn? You don't struggle with these thoughts that go on in your head? Nah, I don't do none of that. I don't do none of that. I don't think about anything. I just don't think I think about it as, you know, being angry. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. And I start. that's when I started to realize, I mean, that was, a. I mean, I don't know if that was wrong for me to try to put that on my little brother, but I think for the most part, it was just like, I was trying to understand exactly what it meant to be authentic you know to be transparent with someone and like this is my heart this is who i am as a person i i associated myself for 29 years as a martial artist or something else or something else Mm -hmm. and starting to learn who i am now is different because i'm i legit have a relationship with god not i read the text and i try to behave the way the bible says i should behave because i'm a christian does that make sense yeah it's like if you're because a lot of Christians do live like that, yeah, or at least in our context, I can't speak, we can't speak for the world, right? Right, but for what we can see in American Christianity, there's a lot of I'm Christian because I wear a cross, I'm Christian because I go to church, I'm Christian because my parents believe that they're Christians, like, yeah, it's a lot of like I don't really have a connection or even to say like a relationship, like a friendship with God, mm-hmm. so yeah, I can I can totally understand what you're saying, yeah, and I think I think if you use this word you can kind of tell but if you ask someone if they have intimacy with the lord or with god Mm -hmm. they automatically you think the word intimacy in the world like when i was in the world and someone told me intimacy i'm thinking sex right Mm -hmm. that's just how the world sees it intimacy oh sex you mean sex no it's not intimacy it's like an actual conversation like we have conversations with god straight up and other people don't Mm -hmm. and because other people don't or not all people but like some most people we that i know don't really even believe in a god like they laugh at me for it and it's like you don't understand how much he loves you know what i mean and i didn't realize that until after my surgery does that make sense yeah because you had mentioned like like there was such a grace like because you didn't share this part but like didn't like because you worked for amazon just for like three days or like a week or something they covered like everything and that was like an only God thing. That yeah, so this is what happened. So after surgery, I, I mean, before surgery, um, I, I, I got let go at a UFC gym job because I was I was pretty much taking money under the table and I also was like being treated unfairly and I sued them. But then I didn't have any health insurance because I just, as a fighter, I mean, for me, I'm not speaking for all fighters, but as a fighter, you're not really thinking about that. You don't think about mm-hmm. when you get old, you know what I mean? Or when things happen to you. So after that, I ended up getting a job at Amazon and three days after I got hired, I had to call my boss and tell him when I was in the hospital, hey, I'm in the hospital, I'm going to need heart surgery, I'm probably not going to be able to come in. After the surgery, I got the fat medical bill, right? And I'm obviously heart surgery is not like 10 bucks, like it's it's a lot of money. <laughs> Are you sure? No, I'm positive. You didn't go to the dollar doctor? I know, right? Dollar tree doctor? <laughs> dollar tree. But after the surgery, um, you know, my dad showed me the bills and I was like, I mean, I don't know how you expect me to pay for it. I don't even have a job, you know. I had people, you know, were fortunate enough to put money in my GoFundMe, but I didn't know how bills worked, you know, and I still to this day am learning. But I saw that I, my mom and my aunt did the research and she was like, you know, you have Amazon is covering your insurance, is your insurance, you know, they're covering your, your bills. To this day, I can go back to Amazon and work if I wanted to. After the surgery, like seven months after, I ended up going to Amazon and trying to get a job. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can start working, except the hours are way too sporadic. You get like 15 hours a week. It's like mm-hmm. not, sometimes it's not even worth it. But 
that's like the ideal route. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's that's what had happened for me during that time. Yeah. And it was perfect. It was like, you know, Jesus rose from the third day. I kind of say like, God give me like all these amazing things happened to me on, on the, the third, third day. day, you know, like it's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Cause you, cause you said like, it just was like totally the grace of God. And so back to that idea of like intimacy with the Lord and like vulnerability, I think we're touching on a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And I think the listeners um, also have questions about those things. I think there's plenty of people who are going to listen to this who um, maybe don't even have a relationship with God, maybe have been interested in a relationship with God. I know there's people uh, where I work and where I go to um, hang out and just be with friends like they don't necessarily have a relationship with God, but maybe they're interested in like mm-hmm. when you say intimacy or you say vulnerability or you say uh, authenticity, those words are very, very like charged, especially in our culture. Um, so like charged what, or do you mean like targeted? loaded, loaded terms? Oh, loaded, loaded yeah, terms. That so sense, that's yeah. what I mean. So not charged is like, oh, charged battery, you know what I'm saying? No, no, I but saying. like charged and, and, and loaded in terms of. When I say intimacy, right, by world standards, I don't mean sex. We don't mean that. I mean, that is a part of it. That's a portion of intimacy. But with the intimacy we're talking about with God or what we're talking about in terms of being authentically ourselves, authentic Christians, when we talk about that, we're actually addressing the idea that authenticity and all of those things comes from a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is as simple as you sitting just like us, me sitting across from you, having a conversation, Mm -hmm. being willing to talk about any and everything. Mm -hmm. And there is a very real God that can respond to those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a, that's a huge, that's exactly like it hits it right on the nail. But I think one thing that we also do forget is that God wants to be our punching bag you know like when you're frustrated <laughs> in life it's like god there's nothing you can say to god that god's gonna be like how dare you you know what i mean like he's not gonna be like get away from me you heathen you know yeah. god wants us to come to him with our problems yeah and if he doesn't this is this is what i tell a lot of people and i and i try to remind myself because with all this belief you hear in my in my speech there's a huge amount of doubt that i've had my entire life and i still have it but god uses my weaknesses for his strengths so what I tell people is like, look, dude, if you live your life for yourself and you die and there is no God, but what happens if you live your life for yourself and you die and then find out that there is one and it's the one that everyone's been talking about, you're going to have hell to pay for, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the logic that I have behind it. And it's not, it's not like an insurance. It's not fire insurance. But the way I, I viewed God because of the, the things that I was explaining to you that I saw in my yeah. dreams and everything like small little Omar Aviles in in Southern California experienced like the magnitude of how big God is in the visions yeah. that and, and the experiences that I experienced in the hospital. No one can no one can feel what I feel or hear the words that I heard, but that doesn't mean that it's, he doesn't exist, you know. But yeah. it's like my charge was to come back and tell people that he's real, that he's legit, and it sounds like spooky, it sounds retarded, it sounds dumb. But it's the truth. God wants intimacy. He doesn't want religion. Mm. And religion is what we've been kind of raised to do, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important, like, the distinction here is not, we're not saying, like, oh, religion is bad or religion is terrible. But what we're making the distinction is we're not saying to hell with religion. It's only relationship. Mm. But religion in of itself 
cannot save man. Religion in and of itself is, this is the best way how my wife is so amazing in that she studied anthropology for two years at school. And she made me realize this, that like religion is man's response to God Mm -hmm. because we want to build a relationship with him. So we try to structure and make and and, uh, create a system set in place so that we can relate to God when reality the relationship with him is how we relate to him so you know the systems and things and i I believe in religion and i believe in you know church and things like that we're not saying all those things are wrong what we're saying is when you neglect relationship with god to satisfy a checkbox for religion that's where the issue lies yeah and so um yeah i think this is all like really good so i i kind of feel like uh, another thing too like the factor in the martial arts world I feel like a lot of people are grinding and that's great, you know, but I remember yeah. this one thing You know, I was in the hospital bed and I looked at my brother. My brother was telling me, I, I can barely remember what he was telling me about, but he was angry because I guess some of the people didn't come and visit me from our fight team or the team that I was a part of. And they just didn't visit me. I had two friends that did visit me, my friend AJ, my friend Shohei, but the others, like, they were busy with their lives. I really didn't even know what was going on. But yeah. I remember him looking at me, and he was angry, he was upset, he was frustrated. I, I, like, it's weird. It's like this voice in my head told me, because I wanted to be angry. I wanted, for every reason, to have my own reasons for being, for disliking them. But I heard a voice tell me in my head, and I verbatim said it. Right so what, to my I, what was that like? What was that like? Could you explain to me just a little bit of what the what a voice? So it's head? like so it's like a still quiet voice in the back of your mind. Does it feel like your conscience, kind of? Like, it feels like your conscience, but it, it's your conscience, but it doesn't feel like it's something that will come out of your mouth. So like it wasn't a thought that you would think because in the middle of that situation you wanted everything you wanted nothing to do with being nice to them right you wanted nothing to I do had with- I had so much hate and spite but in my mouth and what was inside my heart didn't match up with what I said does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah so in my mind I looked at my brother straight in the face and I told him you gotta forgive them because they don't know they're looking at death in the face and they don't have an answer for it. And that's what's in the martial arts world. We grind, we fight, we train, we do all this stuff for glory, for fame. But when you die, rest in peace, Instagram, next person up. We're all fame and glory, the next person. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, I started to see that and it made me bitter. You know, and in that mm. growth process, as, as, as a martial artist or any athlete, anybody who does at, like, I mean, who just died? Kobe, Kobe Bryant just died. And it's like, I heard a sermon where the guy said Kobe Bryant's death did so much more for the community of athletes than his Hall of Fame would have done. Because if mm. he was going to get his Hall of Fame this year. I really don't know how accurate that is, but it seems about accurate. When you got someone who just randomly died a crazy death, I'm not saying he deserved it. Definitely no, not. No definitely. one deserves to die like that. No, it's tragic. But it's just tragic. Exactly. It's tragic, but it, it happened. But the, like the uprise of community, the people everyone in LA, started everyone started to bond again. It was all about bonding, and it was only, only and it people. seems like family has become so like there's such a desire for people to be family again, communal, yeah, big time. And I and I feel I feel like you know the fight community is starting to slowly gather together, but at the same time there's still division, you know, and not just division, but it's division for money, you know, and like people mm-hmm. can say what they want, but it's like over the past five years there's Thousands and thousands of fighters who move to Southern California so they can fight and get their chance at glory. Bro, you think all the people that are sparring and fighting in a fight gym are all going to be on the UFC and make thousands of money like Conor McGregor? No. 
You know what I mean? Like logically, There's, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. There'd be no money for anybody. It's yeah. like it'd be like communism. Like no <laughs> yeah, one's gonna make money true. that way. No, like one. oh, we gotta give out all this money. You know, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it's like I get doing it and like doing it for the enjoyment, like for yeah. loving it. And there's a lot of people who do that. They love it. They love the arts. They do yeah. all that stuff. But aside from that, they do it because they like the worship that people give them. Mm. You know, people working the nine to like five, praising them. Yeah, yeah, like you work the nine to five. It's like oh, I admire you so much. You train so early in the morning. Meanwhile, I got kids to feed at home, but I have to look down on my family because, you know, I'm not a fighter. I'm not this. I'm not that. But I'm a provider. I provide for my wife and my kids. But you're you're the man because you're a fighter. That doesn't make any sense to me. A real mm. man, I think, is a man who actually holds down, like the the, the principles mm. of the Bible of, from God. And I feel like are the, are the men who actually provide for their wives mm. and die to themselves. You know, but yeah. as a fighter growing up. I was taught by society that you got to kill everything else off mm. and it's only about you. Yeah. You know, living your best life now. And I think that's kind of what I want to like talk about. Yeah. Now, you know? No, it's good. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because like that aspect, I don't know a lot of very much. Mm -hmm. um, I do know the like fame, fortune kind of like the spiel and all those things. Cause like, I come from like a gamer background, so like I know there's tons of streamers, there's yeah. tons of video game content creators. Like I was on that hype for a little while, and uh, recently I, I stopped playing video games. But on the back half of it, it just seems like every single person wants to be a streamer, every single person wants to be a content creator. You know, ninjas making tens of millions of dollars, yeah. and it's crazy. And like, it's all for fame, glory, passion. Like it's all for the wrong things. But at the same time, like. I think I want to provide even just a pushback even for our listeners because I know someone's asking like what about the fighters who maybe are Christian or maybe the ones mm -hmm. that um, are good husbands, good wives, like whatever that are trying to provide for their family, that mm -hmm. are trying to live uh, a life that is honoring to God. Like what would you say to even those fighters or the very small select few yeah. that would um, listen in and say, hey, man, I'm trying to that's, trying to be that person. That, that's you know? actually a really good point because – Let's just be honest. Like everyone in the fight circles, like there's people who actually love the sport and they love the people that are doing it. And they also love, yeah. they also love providing for their family. They love their family, right? That's the, that's not everyone that, that wants right. to do that. I would definitely tell that person to check your heart because it, it is based off you, what you want. I'm not saying fighting is an evil sport. Oh, right. it's this, it's that. What I'm and saying, I'm not hearing that. Right, right. Totally. But what I'm saying is that it's that desire. And that desire only comes from a poverty mindset, from people that don't have anything. But when you come into it, yeah, I like fighting. I like doing it. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll start competing. Yeah, you know what? This is actually going well for me. And my friend AJ is a great example of that. He actually works a job, full-time job. He has, I don't know how many kids. I mean, he has kids. He's and, he, and he's married. And he's a Christian. And he trains. And he, when we were first fighting, I remember I won my fight. He lost like multiple fights back to back to back as an amateur. Now he's pro. And he's been winning championships left and right. Mm. Right? But he's... He knows how to balance it out. I would say balance, but aside from all the balance and everything, yeah. whether you're Christian or not, God needs to be number one. For right? sure. You know, God needs to be number one. Yeah. And aside from that, I know people say, oh, I give God the glory, blah, blah, blah. But giving God the glory isn't when you're on the stage. It's living it daily. Oh, uh, yeah. Every you know single step. Yeah. Every yeah. single step. Because it's just, it's just something that I realize that some people don't really understand 
the difference between, you know, like they'd be like, oh, you know, I give God glory. I'm like, you can give God glory, but do you really... Does your life give Him Does glory? your life reflect that you walk with Him? Mm. You get what I'm saying? That's good. Yeah. No, I, I totally appreciate that. And like, it's so dope that you shared your story. And we're running out of time here, guys. So um, again, we talked about... Um, you know, we talked about religion, we talked about relationship, we talked about uh, fighting, we talked about uh, even just like a tad bit touch on like the gaming community. There's a lot of stuff that we discussed and there's so much. This is our first episode we want to get out on the table, but I think we'll continue to have this conversation on vulnerability and authenticity. Maybe next week we'll jump into about a little bit of my story and then um, really tackle like what we think an authentic community of um, just humans that can coexist, Christian, non-Christian, but specifically what it would look like for Christians to live in authenticity together um, in community. So thank you guys again for visiting the Peacekeepers podcast. Just a reminder, we did launch our website, uh, Peacekeepers podcast.wix site. It's going to be in the description below. Um, feel free to check that out. We do have a discussion forum. So every podcast, we're going to have a link uh, in the website where you can go to the community page. You can click on the discussion of the episode and you can comment. You can uh, you can follow. You can put anything you want in there. Thoughts, questions, concerns, anything that you have. And we'll just get to it as soon as we can. Uh, we'd love to continue the conversation besides the podcast. So feel free to check that out and we can't wait for you guys to visit the next one.